You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. So obviously Christmas Eve today, again, so thankful we're able to do this together and in this service right now. And Christmas, um, when properly understood, it's really an incredible celebration. But for the majority, Christmas is not properly celebrated because it's not properly understood. So often when it comes to Christmas, we can't kind of see the forest through the trees, Um, but we're seeking to change that today. We're seeking to get the right prescription for our glasses. We're seeking to remove the obstacles that have maybe been blocking our vision for years. We really desire, by the help of the Holy Spirit and the the Bible, the truth of God, um, to allow us to get the big picture, to see with great clarity what Christmas is truly all about. That's our sermon title today, is Getting Clarity on Christmas. Excited to go through it with you as well. It reminds me of that famous animation I grew up with. It's still around right now, a Charlie Brown Christmas. At the end of Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, he's exasperated. He's being laughed at by his friends, and even his dog Snoopy's laughing and mocking him, whatever. And at the end, he cries out. He cries out nice and loud. He goes, well, somebody tell me what Christmas is all about. And he does that. He's a good friend, Linus. He says, I'll tell you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And Linus uses the Bible to do so in Luke's gospel. And maybe you're here right now. Maybe you're not sure how you stumbled here, but you're here and you're asking the same question. You've seen representations of Christmas in many different forms through our world. But really, deep down, you're like, what is Christmas actually all about? I would love to get more clarity on Christmas. If you're anywhere near that position, you are in the right place, because we are seeking to get clarity on Christmas today. And the way we're going to do that is to use a passage in the Bible that is actually a prophecy about Christmas that was written 700 years before Jesus Christ was even born. Just amazing to examine a prophecy in the Old Testament that is perfectly fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be speaking today from Isaiah chapter 9. If you have a Bible and you want to turn to Isaiah 9, or there might be a Bible in front of you, in the seat in front of you there, I just encourage you, because I have no message apart from this book today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and you can look in the table of contents and find it. Maybe you'll lean over at a friend and examine there. Maybe you have an electronic Bible, much inferior Bible in your hand, electronically maybe that. But Isaiah nine, and I'm going to look at verse six. I'm going to explain it, and then I'm going to illustrate it and unpack it for our lives, and then I'm going to go to verse seven, and I'm going to explain it, illustrate it, and then apply it to our lives, and that's going to be it. And so today, again, we're fully relying on the Bible because it's the Word of God, it's the truth of God, and this is what the Holy Spirit uses to change our lives. So glad you're here. I'm so glad we get to do this together today. Isaiah 9, verse 6. If you don't have a Bible, listen carefully, but I warn you, be careful, because as you listen carefully, your life might change. That's just the way it goes. It's been happening for 2,000 years. It's going to happen across this world today again because God is real. Jesus is real. This book is real and the Holy Spirit is real. And he's in the business of changing lives. It's what he does. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says this. For to us a child is born and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And listen to this. And of the increase of his government and of peace, here's a promise, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, he will establish it, uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Again, the Bible says, 
How will this all happen? The end of verse seven, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What we're gonna do from Isaiah chapter nine, verses six and seven, we're gonna get four points of clarity when it comes to Christmas. Clarity point number one is this. God's present is his son. God's gift came in the form of his only son. If you look carefully or listen carefully, Isaiah 9 verse 6, again, I'll say it slowly. For to us, see if you notice the, the distinction or can see the distinction here. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Do you notice the distinction there? It's very, very important. Throughout the history of the world, there's been billions and billions of children that have been born. Billions and billions of children have been born. However, in all of history, only one son has ever been given. There's only been one son of God that's been sent as the gift to be the savior of the world to save us all from our sins. See, this, this is why that first Christmas is so massive. This is why that first Christmas, the world would never be the same again. And by the way, the Bible tells us over and over again, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. But just a survey of history, it's irrefutable based on historical fact that Jesus Christ was the single greatest person of influence to ever live on this earth by far. Second place isn't even close. I always love to say each year, it's 2023 because it's the year after our Lord's birth. And God ensured when his son was born and sent to this earth that the world would remember. And we're all products of that to understand the impact that Jesus Christ would have. So because this first Christmas, God gifted the world with his son, you can't really overstate the implications. When God sends the son of God to earth, again, things are going to happen and the world is going to change. And it has. One of my favorite stories surrounding Christmas in the scriptures, in the Bible, and if you know me well, it's surprising I haven't got to it yet. It's the story of Simeon. And in Luke chapter two, Simeon is told by the Holy Spirit he will not die until he sees Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the Savior, the Son of God. And so at the appointed time, Jesus was a few weeks old. Mary and Joseph bring him into the temple, live in the text. There's a bunch of people around in the temple. A bunch of people look over, see Mary and Joseph, and they see a child. Simeon sees the child, but Simeon, by faith, sees the son. He recognizes it's the son of God and he goes and picks up Jesus in his arms and he knows he's holding the creator of the universe. He knows he's holding the son of God. He knows he's holding the savior of the world. How awesome that would have been. So here's a piece of artwork that's meant so much to me again over the years. An artist's rendition of Simeon right there, an older gentleman holding Jesus Christ, the son of God, and he knows it. And he knows it. This isn't grandpa holding a grandchild, as great as that is. Listen, this is a sinner holding the savior of the world. This is a sinner holding the son of God. He knows it. He is holding the child that allows his heart to beat, that allows his lungs to breathe, that allows his brain to work, that is the maker of the heavens and the earth. He is holding the very child that causes his own existence and the one who will save the people from their sins. I mean, if that was you, would you not be a bit emotional too? Imagine that moment, the adrenaline, the perspective, the power, the glory 
Simeon understood, to us the child is born, but to us a son is given. Simeon understood Christmas. Here's another way to break this down too. John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. In fact, this verse still shows up at football games. I watch football, right? It shows up football games. John 3.16 in the end zone still happens. So maybe you're not come to church a lot, but maybe this verse you're aware of. Let's see how this impacts Christmas. Why is this such an important verse? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Notice, notice, the purpose of God is love. The purpose of today, this service, is love. It's God's love for you and me. The whole reason we celebrate is God's love. What was God's love doing? God's love doing was sending his present. He gave his only son. The gift of God is Jesus Christ. The present of God is his son to come, to be born, ultimately to die. To die for our sins. But notice here, notice the potential Around Christmas, again, today, everything. The potential is that whoever believes in this reality, whoever believes, not whoever is a good person, will never be good enough, not whoever does works, because will never work enough. The person who believes and receives by grace the gift of Jesus Christ. The potential is those who believe. Those who believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world, as the one who forgives. Notice the promise, if you believe, you will not die, but have everlasting life. That's a pretty awesome promise. God says, I love you so much. I send my only son to the world to die. If you believe in what I sent and who I sent, then the promise is you will not die, but have everlasting life. See, Christmas is astounding because at Christmas, we understand that God's gift or present is his son. Clarity point number two from our text today is God's power is in his name. So in verse 6, it says, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. But just before that, notice it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government, or you could um, think of it this way, the authority, the authority of the world will be upon the shoulders of this child to be born, this son that is given. So Christmas celebrating a baby, but not any baby, this baby is the king. But not just any king, this baby is the king of kings. What I love about this, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government of Jesus Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ, in verse 7 it says, will have no end. So hear this, understand this. Jesus Christ, the authority, his government, again, his kingdom, it cannot be stopped. His government grows every day. Every day, the kingdom of Christ is expanding doesn't matter what human governments do. doesn't matter what persecution comes upon the church. doesn't matter what laws are put down. doesn't matter what nations try to stand against, again, Jesus Christ and the Christian faith. The government of Jesus Christ expands literally every single day because Jesus Christ is in charge. He's not subject to four or five-year terms. He is not subject to his approval rating, whether it goes up or down. He's not subject to elections. He has been positioned by God himself. He has taken his place on the throne and he will never, ever lose. His government will increase. He carries the authority of the world upon his shoulders. Here at Hope Bible Church, the last month, we've had a month of baptisms. We've had dozens and dozens of people standing up. Baptism in the Christian faith is a symbol that I have been saved. It's a picture 
It's a picture of salvation as you identify with Christ going under the water like he was buried and died and coming up out of the water as he was raised from the dead. That's what baptism symbolizes, someone who has been saved. Each person being baptized here at this church in the past month is testifying, I was dead, now I'm alive. I was blind, now I can see. I was lost, now I'm found. I am part of Christ's kingdom. The kingdom of God is advancing and I am testifying to the fact that that is real. Jesus advances his kingdom one life at a time. And the beautiful part of this, it includes every tribe, tongue, and nation. Jesus is lover of the nations, and he is saving people, and he has done this for 2,000 years across the globe. Case in point, do you know one of the fastest growing churches right now in the world, one of the fastest growing Christian churches, genuinely in Christ, is in Iran. Of all places, the Iranian church in Christ is exploding. You can set an entire nation against the Christian faith and laws that heavily persecute, if not put to death, people who claim Jesus Christ. You will not stop Jesus Christ. He will do again what he says he will do. And he will continue to save people and grow his church and his kingdom, regardless of what the media says. You'll never hear that in the media, by the way. But Jesus Christ is alive and well. He is expanding his government and his kingdom. Back to verse 6 here, we see the reality of God's full power where the king is confirmed. He's a king by his fourfold name. So in verse 6, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. What's in a name? A lot can be in a name. A lot of parents name their children with the desire that the meaning behind their name, their lives will live out. A lot of parents do that. My wife Jill and I, like our kids' names carry meaning for, again, what we hope will happen within their lives. In the Old Testament, names were given to describe one's character or attributes or essence. So these names here in Isaiah chapter 6 are a picture of the power and glory of Jesus Christ. Let's just break these names down one at a time here. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, in the in English, we use the word wonderful pretty lightly, right? We're like, oh, that's a wonderful coat you're wearing. Oh, that's a wonderful meal. Oh, that's a wonderful latte, isn't it? Give me a break, right? Hey, wonderful, wonderful, right? But he, in the Hebrew here, wonderful means um, incomprehensible. It means mind-boggling. He will be wonderful. Jesus Christ possesses a wonder and a glory that is unequaled. He is so awesome. Jesus Christ, again, uh, billions and billions of people over the course of history have set their hearts on him. And millions and millions and millions of people have died for him because they understand he is that wonderful. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the great I am, the son of God. He is, again, the one sent to be the bread of life. He's the bright and morning star. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is life. He is light. He is love. He is purpose. He is joy. He is meaning. He is everything. And that's why so many have declared Jesus Christ over 2,000 years, again, in every tribe telling and, and a nation that Jesus Christ is, again, glory and wonderful. And there's counselor, wonderful counselor. This means he's the greatest counselor ever. You're looking for some good advice from someone, Jesus is your guy. 
His guidance can be trusted. His, listen, his leadership, over and over again he tells us, his leadership leads to eternal life. When you follow Jesus, you don't follow the easy path and you don't follow the wide path the world is on. When you follow Jesus, you follow the path to eternal life. His wisdom as wonderful counselor will always be blessed. The world may not see it, you'll be blessed in it. His wisdom is never, ever wrong. It is always, always right. So this is why Jesus himself says in John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Now listen carefully. I am the light of the world in this very dark world. We're living in a very dark world, man. Our world's messed up, man. Darker all the time. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever follows my guidance, whoever gives their heart and life to me, whoever tracks with me and is led by me in life, the promise is this, will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Whoever follows me, Jesus says, will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Jesus Christ is wonderful counselor. He is also mighty God, the text says here. His name shall be called Mighty God. Why is he called Mighty God? Well, when Jesus came to earth, he came as fully human. He was born of a woman. He took on, again, human flesh, but he did not give up the fact that he was God. Jesus Christ came as fully man and fully God. He proved that while he was here on earth. His miraculous healings, his astonishing signs over creation. My favorite Bible stories to tell my kids growing up was the one where Jesus calmed the storm. The disciples, the wind and the waves were rushing. And there is Jesus. He stands up and he says, peace be still. And the waves go, and the wind just stops. I always remember my two boys, they were super young, and telling their story, and they were like, oh, like this, listening. I know, isn't Jesus awesome? He is. He's awesome. Even the wind and the waves obey him because he is mighty God. His teaching possessed unparalleled authority. He had total authority over demonic evil because Jesus Christ wins because Jesus is mighty God. And he proved he was mighty God when he rose from the dead. He defeated death. And right now, he is reigning in heaven. He is awaiting the moment where the Father will say, Son, it is time to return for the second time where he will come to judge, again, the living and the dead. I want you to be very clear about this, man. This is what Christmas points to. Because Jesus is mighty God, right? What are we celebrating? Advent. What is Advent? Coming. Christmas is the first Advent. It's the first coming of Jesus Christ. But Christmas ultimately points to, to the second advent. There's a second advent. There's a second appearing. There's a second coming of Jesus Christ. The first advent, he came as a suffering servant. Jesus Christ was sent to earth to live, to die a horrible death, to suffer on our behalf, to pay for our sins. He came in the first advent as a suffering servant. When he returns again, he's not coming as a suffering servant. He's coming now as a conquering king. He returns as mighty God. Now listen, the Bible tells us when Jesus Christ returns, and very soon, friends, very soon, at any moment, the world's nuts. The world is unstable. Everything's going crazy. Right? These are signs pointing to the fact that, again, God's plan, again, be ready. The Bible's so clear. And by the way, just read the Bible as much as you possibly can. It's all in here. It's all in here. When he returns, the Bible says, every knee will bow. Whether you acknowledge again or believe in him, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, there's mighty God. There is Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. Because that's who he is, and no one will ever take that from him. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. The 
Bible goes on to say in Isaiah 9, he is everlasting father. Interesting phrase, eh? A title, everlasting father. This means that Jesus will rule in the pattern of the one who sent him. It means that Jesus, listen to this, this is very, very encouraging. He will protect and provide for God's children. But listen, he will do it forever. You know, there's some dads that they temporarily provide, or some dads, they come and go when they kind of, when they feel like it. Everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, he is for you eternally. He cannot fail you. He will never, ever leave you. When you belong to him, when you give your life to him, when you are forgiven in him, he will never, ever leave you. He is with you always. Jesus eternally helps those who, listen, who know they need him. Um, I want us to feel the heart of Jesus here this Christmas. The heart of Jesus. He came to love. He came to save. He came to care. He came to protect. He came to keep. The heart of Jesus is so filled with love and his desire for those who acknowledge and believe in him that he will love them and care for them eternally. He will never let them go. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. How does Jesus know us? How do we know that we're known by Jesus? This is critical right now here today. Because they follow me. See, there's a whole bunch of people that intellectually they know about Jesus, right? This was me for 22 years. For 22 years growing up, again, surrounded by church and the Christian faith, um, I knew about Jesus in my mind. I did not know Jesus in my heart. My life wasn't changed. Uh, I could state a couple of Bible verses. I could defend on some aspects, again, aspects of Christianity. I knew it here. There was no relationship. I wasn't changed. There's was no fruit from my life. Jesus was just one compartment of about a thousand, if he was a compartment at all. See the difference here? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, Jesus says, because they follow me. So if you follow Christ, it's more than intellectual. It's I give my life. I obey. I love. I seek. Because he is Lord. He is Savior. He is everything. And notice the promise that Jesus makes to those who believe in him and love him and follow him. I give them eternal life. That's pretty good. They will never die. That's pretty good, too. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. That's really good. This is the promise Jesus makes for those who understand the clarity of Christmas and the power that leads to Easter through his life, death, and resurrection. The power, again, of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. The power is in his name. And take the fourth name or description as a lead into our third point of clarity. God's promise is his peace. God's promise is his peace. So the Son of God is the Prince of Peace. Why do you think, why would you, if I asked you that question right now, why would Jesus be called the Prince of Peace? Why peace? Because he himself is peace. Jesus Christ came to bring peace. Why do we need to have peace? Well, because God is holy and humans are sinful. God is holy, sin is not holy. Sin is anti-holy. If God is true to his character and holy, he cannot coexist with sin. So when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden before they sinned, it was perfect harmony with God. Sin enters in and bam, the fellowship with God is busted. It's broken because sin makes a separation between us and God. We can't save ourselves because we are sinful. Not one sin gets into heaven. 
Because if God is truly holy, sin can't exist. So therefore, sin is a problem. My sin is a problem. I need someone to save me from my sin. Hence, Christmas. This is why Christmas is such a big deal. Because Jesus Christ came to bring peace between sinful humans and a perfect and holy God. Jesus Christ is the only person in history that was complete in this sense. The only person that could mediate between a holy God and sinful humanity. He's the only one who could die for our sins on the cross, thereby restoring us to God in forgiveness and in, again, restoration and reconciliation. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Hence, he's called the Prince of Peace. He makes peace through his life and death and resurrection for all those who truly follow him. So no wonder then, the Christmas story, maybe you know this verse too, right? The angels appear to the shepherds and they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased, right? Because Christ ultimately came to bring peace in our lives. And maybe you're just, you're here right now and you're like, well, say it, I don't think about sin too much. I think I'm a pretty decent person, whatever it is. And, and well, have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yeah, me too. Have you ever lied? Me too. Have you ever stolen something? Me too. Have you ever lusted? Me too. Have you ever coveted another person's property ever on any level, at any time? Me too. Well, that means we just admitted we've broken five of the Ten Commandments right there. I mean, if you're here and you really, really think you have no sin, just please ask the person you live with. And I, I promise you, they'll probably tell you the honest truth. They'll say, no, no, you're not perfect, bro. You're not perfect, you know? Because no one is perfect other than the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Christmas is so powerful, right? So when, 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 when Simeon is, back to Luke 2, when Simeon is holding Jesus, you know what he says? He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Basically, what he's saying is, Lord, now I can die. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I am holding salvation. He is the one who will rescue me from my sin. Now I can die. Do you know the number one fear of humans is death? The number one fear of humans is death. And that makes sense to me. Why would, again, why would humans fear death so much? It's because we're terrified of what's after death. It's come down to the point now, too, where um, funeral services are happening less and less and less. Somehow we try to convince ourselves that mortality isn't real. We have billionaires now. Billionaires are, are striving with billions of dollars to try to create ways so they can live decades or 100 years longer. Why would you ever want to live 100 years longer? Like, honestly, here's the reason you would, because you have no peace and no hope, and you're terrified of dying. Okay, okay here's, a, here's a massive lesson for life right now. Okay, wisdom. These are billionaires. They have everything we're taught to go after, right? Money's the answer. Money, 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 money. All the, they have billions and that's not enough. They are terrified of death, so they try to create ways to live longer to delay the inevitable because they have no hope. They have no peace. They have no answers. They've done everything and they're still found wanting massive moment of like wisdom and perspective and say, that tells me a ton. They need clarity on Christmas. That Jesus Christ came to die for our sins to bring us peace as we believe in him and thereby receiving everlasting life.
You know, death is so interesting, isn't it? And it's, again, terrifying for so many. The Bible says to live is Christ and to die is gain. For the genuine believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, do I want to die today? No. Am I afraid to die today? No. Do I look forward to death on some level? Yes. Because everything in me screams out, I want to be with Jesus, and I want to be free from the sin of my own life and heart, and I want to be free from the sin and darkness and death and war and hatred of this world. That's the hope of the genuine Christian that longs for the perfection of peace found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this is why Christmas is so deal, because God's solution came to earth, this solution for our sins in his love. God's presence is his son. God's power is in his name. God's promise is in his peace. And lastly, quickly, fourthly, God's passion will get it done. God's passion will get all of this done. If you look at the end of verse 7, it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Okay, so... The government of God is unstoppable. The government of God is eternal. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. By the way, if you truly belong to Jesus Christ, then you belong to a peace that is unstoppable and indestructible. I mean, talk about a blow to stress and anxiety. Anyone here suffering with stress and anxiety and worry and despair, fighting against depression. I'm telling you, the greatest blow to those temptations in life is an indestructible peace and hope and life found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. When I got saved at 22, okay, so again, I grew up in the church, wherever it was, and I had a concept of God. I didn't know Christ. When I got saved at 22, man, it was, it was, it was, it was dramatic, and all of a sudden, my life went from, I was taught to make money and die, basically. Make money and die. It's got to be more than that. There is, there is, there is. His name is Jesus. And I saw Jesus for the first time. I went to church a ton, you know, a ton. Heard the message, heard the message. All of a sudden, my eyes were opened. And I saw Jesus Christ for the first time truly. It is, it is incomprehensible to me the purpose that flooded my life. And the passion and the joy and the meaning and the love. And all of a sudden now, everything made sense in my existence. My existence was rooted in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. My first Christmas, my first Christmas, where it was real, the first time I actually understood the songs and heard the pastor speak and it made sense to me and the prayers that were offered, all of a sudden the light and the glory and the love of Jesus Christ overwhelmed my soul never to be the same again. That's the power of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's passion is going to get done everything he promises to do. Doesn't matter what the world does. Doesn't matter what government does. Doesn't matter what other people do. Doesn't matter what laws are passed. Doesn't matter what social media says. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters is what God says. And God says, I'm going to get it done. Just to bring clarity and wrap up our message today, maybe we go to our final slide. Getting clarity on Christmas. God's present is his son. Have you received the gift? Isn't it amazing? Someone, someone hands you a gift. And they say, here, I want you to receive this gift. And you stare at it. And you look at the gift. And you're examining it from a distance. And you can describe the gift. You can look at it, whatever. But you never actually reach out and receive it. How do I receive the gift of Jesus? By believing. I receive by, by believing. God's power is in his name. Jesus Christ is worthy to be worshipped. He is mighty God. He is everlasting Father. He's the wonderful counselor. This is where our lives are rooted in his glory. God's promise is his peace. Believe that his promise is peace. Believe that Jesus Christ is the only one who can ultimately give us peace and everlasting life. 
And then lastly, God's passion will get it done. Final question for you today. Do you, do you belong to him? Do you belong to him? When someone truly gets the clarity of Christmas and sees it with eyes of faith, with eyes of faith, and to see that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that's when life is never the same again. That's why this church exists, by the way. It's why we planted this church 20 years ago. It's why we're still here today. Because our whole mission, our whole goal is to help people see that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, that he is the bread of life, that he is the one who has come and the one who will come again. And for all those who truly trust in him and believe in him, then they will never die. They will have everlasting life. Some of you are here today and you are saying, I see for the first time. I believe in a way I've never believed before. You were here today. What do I do? What do I do? A, B, C. A, B, C. A, admit you're a sinner. Admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that everything that Christmas says about him and what he said, the light of the world, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, believe. Believe that is real. C, A, B, C. C, confess. Confess him as Lord and Savior. Say, Lord, I've been driving my whole life. I'm done driving. You take the wheel. It hasn't worked. It's been messed up. I've made a mess. I confess you as Lord. You're in charge. You drive. I desire everlasting life. When someone who sincerely does that, the Bible promises you will be saved. You will be saved, never to die again. God help us. God help us. And that would make this Christmas, man, the best present ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, I pray this is the best Christmas ever. I pray for your love to fill. I pray your love to saturate. Lord, I pray your grace to overwhelm people. I pray that your truth, Lord, is received. I pray that your forgiveness is granted. I pray your encouragement is massive. I pray your light is shining so strong. Oh, maybe so. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for right now. Thank you for this chance to be here. Thank you for your love for us, your love for us. That you reach out to us, that you pursue us, you call us, you change us. There's no one like you. You're absolutely the best. We pray more and more people would see and know. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.